0: Welcome to Buffalo Politics Uncensored. I'm your host, Vanessa Kluszewski. Enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of Buffalo Politics Uncensored. I'm your host, Vanessa Gluszewski. In this episode, you will hear audio from the City of Buffalo's Common Council Finance Committee meeting discussing the city's intent to implement a new in-rem policy that transfers the title of the property prior to the auction, making any surplus funds the rightful property of the city rather than the former owner of the property. Uh, The audio starts with the committee chair, Rich Fontana, addressing the city's representatives, and then you will hear a variety of people from the Western New Law Center and Partnership for the Public Good expressing their thoughts and concerns on the new policy. As a warning, the audio is not great, but I hope you'll get through as much as possible because there is some really important information discussed here. And so without further ado, here it is. Thank you.
1: Good morning.
2: have the ability to go through uh, a process and apply for surplus funds and it's something that our office does uh, regularly for people Um, and it's something that we try to do as much outreach as possible on because there are no notice requirements so the city doesn't even send notice right now letting people know that they may have access to surplus. Um, So we've been doing that for probably about the last five years and we've brought in more than $900,000 for Western New York um, back from their surplus, money that they've earned in their properties um, and are entitled to. So, uh, like was stated, with the changes that the city is looking to make, if the city takes title prior to the auction, there wouldn't be any surplus that would be entitled to the homeowner. Technically, that the city's money. Um, however, the city has indicated to us after we, it took us quite a while to get any information on this because none of this is public. None of this is in writing. Um, It took us quite a while to hunt down what is actually happening in the process. Um, But the city has indicated to us that they intend to try to get that surplus, they're considering surplus, back to homeowners. However, um, there's not a process set in place. Um, There's nothing, again, in writing. There's nothing modified. And right now, it all depends on the goodwill of um, in City Hall, which we don't doubt. um, But we have major concerns about how that will actually play out. Um, So a couple of the concerns um, that that we is that um, the city has indicated that it wants to return surplus funds to homeowners. But because they don't have outline guidelines for what a homeowner is, um, most of the people that come to us who have lost their house didn't just stop paying their taxes because they didn't want to. They're going through devastating divorce cases, they've lost family members, so the the situations are quite complicated often. And there's no definition for who would be a homeowner entitled to funding, who would not. Um, This also does not, uh, this plan does not allow for lien holders to have access to that surplus like right now they would. Um, Through the legal process, a lien holder could go to the county comptroller and get funds in their own money before the homeowner would have access to them. Mm -hmm. Um, And in our position, not all lien holders are necessarily bad actors. We have uh, clients of our own who have judgments against bad landlords um, and things of that nature, and they would not have access to the surplus under this current plan. A lot of our partners, partner organizations, um, one who wouldn't but wanted to be was at for Humanity. Uh, they expressed to me major concern that if the city forecloses for user fee only, which the city does, um, in a case where they're the mortgage, they're the mortgage company, um, Apatat would lose out on its money and would have to go after the homeowner for a money judgment to get their funds back. Um, and in addition to that, we heard from other lending entities who said are also concerned about the user fee issue in particular because that doesn't happen in other cities and they've indicated to us that they would hesitate to lend in the city of buffalo if they could possibly lose out on all of their investment into a property um, so those are a couple of the concerns that we have about who would be have access to that fund uh, without any sort of outline of who gets priority and wouldn't have access um, in addition, we have questions about who would administer this and whether or not the city has the capacity right now to implement this. Starting with this option, this is set to go into place for in Rev Fifty Three. That's this year. Um, does the city have a plan for making sure that people know whether or not they have access to it? Do they have a plan for when the time frame is going to start running? Um, these are really crucial questions that impact your constituents and whether or not they can have access to the equity that they've built in their homes for, in some cases, generations. Um, And our concern is not just about whether or not owner-occupied individuals will have access to that equity, because there are family situations where we think that people should still have access to their equity that they've built, like I said, over generations, and while The city may have good intentions with this plan. Good intentions do not always make good policy, and we want to ensure that there is something in place so that whoever is in charge in the years to come also implement this in a fair way and we can be sure that our homeowners have access um, to the surplus funds that they're entitled to. No, very very good
3: comments. I think you're right on the money. The fiscal conservancy that you're pushing for is is vital because people do pay into those homes for many, many years. And real estate is the one major generator of wealth we do have in the city, as well as opportunities for employment. But to lose out on that completely would be a devastation to a family's uh, finances. We are joined by uh, one member of our law department. We've always had the ability to do this as far as the ability to take title. We've passed on it for many, many years because the sheer numbers of homes. But with the market changing, it seems like now could be a time that they can do it. So the question are, the questions are, what safeguards are there for residents that they don't lose their entire investment in the property over the years if they lose their home for say 5,000 and it's a $50,000 house? How do we save that equity for the residents? Uh,
4: so unfortunately, Corporation Council Ball could not be here today. Right. Um, so he asked me to come and speak uh, on behalf. But um, and, as far I'll, as- um, For the record your name again. Shatora Dhan, Chief Diversity Officer. Um,
3: So, right now, there's- you're speaking as an attorney? I am speaking as an attorney. Uh, But not a city of Buffalo attorney? No.
4: Okay, that's fine. That's what we know for the record. (laughs) Right now, uh, the amount of surplus funds that are claimed is very low proportionally, especially uh, for owner-occupied housing. Uh, One thing that we've noticed that's unfortunate is that a lot of the surplus funds that are claimed And so because this process is not in writing, what the city attorney's office is able to do is uh, apply a high level of discretion in allowing individuals to stay in their home. So the policy reason for this new procedure is to keep people in their homes ultimately and to make sure that more money, more of the surplus funds, goes into the hands of actual city residents and not not, uh, companies that come in from the outside and buy up the real estate in the city of
5: Buffalo.
3: Well, we know you have good intentions, but what are the nuts and bolts of this thing and how do they work? Because even if you still have somebody that maybe doesn't take advantage of the foreclosure help that we offer and they lose a $50,000 house for $5,000, in the end, would your program still allow them to apply for the $45,000 roughly that they were owed?
4: Absolutely.
3: Okay, so let's hear those, those nuts and bolts. Have, have, have both sides spoken on this? Have you spoken and not so there's still a concern? They've heard the they've heard the um, nuts and bolts of it, but they're still concerned. So where did the conservation um, where are those concerning points still lying essentially? So if you could bring us through the process, that would help us see where we're stuck. And also with the banks. We have to hear about the banks because you know, if they don't have confidence in our system and then they one lending and say that's not Right, and so right now,
4: um, this is just the new proposed policy. The nuts and bolts of it have, uh, they have not been worked out exactly. We're still figuring that out. Um, and so, uh, when if there is any—if um, there is any claim, any lien, we are absolutely going to honor that. Uh, that is—that is not a question. You—you uh, you cannot honor a legitimate lien, a legitimate claim on the property. Um, Procedure, and I think Corporation Council can speak better to is plan. However, um, the, very, the, the very essence of what this is is similar to our uh, current in-rem process, which allows for discretion on an individual basis. Buffalo, the city of Buffalo, is not required by law to hold an in-rem every year. It's something we do because we care about keeping our residents in there. Um, And so, this goes to the spirit of our in-rent process. Uh, Unfortunately, I can't speak to all of the details of the process as uh, Corporation Council law intends right now and as the city looks forward to making sure more residents can have easier access to these surplus funds.
3: Um, Essentially, will a bulletproof, logical, real estate type situation be uh, employed before the auction? That's the question, because they need to have faith in our system to auction these properties before we take title. And will residents reserve the right and will banks reserve the right to, to have that surplus funds come back? Because you have subordination on all these loans. And people are subordinated as per as per the as per the loan. And in the in the order of which they're subordinated they should receive the funds. And you know so we have to protect subordination, we have to protect the homeowner's rights.
6: Um, people without uh, any sort of legislation allowing it. Um, It it could be a violation of the gifts and loans clause of the Constitution to pass money out that belongs to the city without uh, legislation and without a very specific way of dealing with it. Um, You could also be coming up to equal protections violations if lien holders are excluded, if homeowners who didn't live in the property are excluded, if there's not very specific legislation.
3: So there's a lot of concerns here. This is not... Just a the, the policy
6: concern. This is a lot
7: of right. other stuff that we have concerns over. Um, is anybody signed in? I will majority leader first, Mr. Thank uh Thank you very much, Mr. Chairman. I have met with our law department and Western New York Law Center uh, and the conversations are continuing. Yeah. We have not concluded. Um, I agree that we share many of the concerns that they have. Uh, the city takes title. By all rights, the properties belong to the city and the money belongs to the city. And we really don't have anything in writing other than good faith that we're going to do this. Right now, we're operating under good faith that we will do this, that we will continue to do it, that they will get the surplus money. Uh, But there's nothing in writing, there's nothing concrete, there's no process, and that is something we really have to drill down on is that, just operating because the city wants the people to receive its money, because we care for the That's fine, but I I think we need to codify something, we need to legislate something to make sure um, that a new administration comes along and says, hey, by the way, we're not gonna carry this but It's our discretion. It's totally up to the discretion right now to do this, and we wanna make sure that, yes, we trust Corporation Council and their advice. Um, However, we wanna make sure that people are protected, not just in this administration, but in future administrations, that they may have a change of mind and there is an inherent conflict that
3: As, if, as to what's owed to us, aren't there statutes and how will they come into play?
6: Uh, I'm not aware of a specific statute. If, if the law changes or if the policy of the city changes to start taking title, um, they would be allowed to keep that money, that's been challenged before the Supreme Court. Um, but giving the money out without a plan for it yeah. would probably be challenged legally.
5: Mr. Lapp. Thank, thank you, Mr. Chair. So it seems as though this is not gonna be ready for
8: this falls realm. I'm hopeful because, again, you know,
5: you can have good intentions, but that doesn't always result in positive outcomes. And it seems like some, so many times that our city does things in a silo. And it seems as though when you bring people to the table and you have good intentions on both sides, you can not get positive results. I'm hopeful that the Western Europe Law Center is, and other community interested groups will be a part of the conversation Develop, develop good legislation that makes sense. I don't want to see houses in my district that are abandoned and just rotting. Um, I want to see those houses back to the type of control. But I want it to be done in the right way. I don't want to take someone's house and then the proceeds of what they um, that the city may get obtained from it, these communities or these families
8: are, don't get it. Because there are a lot of situations that we are not aware of. You know, I don't know
5: every house in my district and what the Individual problems may be if it's a divorce, if it's a loss of a job, or whatever, we don't know those details. But certainly, it's our responsibility to protect the interests of the residents and that their property is not taken from them and the proceeds that could have helped them out of their situation be taken, and the city doesn't do whatever what it wants. I think the smart thing to do is, again, if we want to get this done by the end, by the next interim, have these groups involved in the conversation let's develop something that's very smart, that that makes sure we protect the interests of the residents. Because I don't want anyone to think that the city is gonna be okay with taking someone's home and the proceeds that are legitimately that, 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 that homeowner goes back to the city. That's ridiculous. And I don't wanna have my name attached to that because it just seems as though it's a, a someone may think that it's a money grab. This is not a money grab. It's something
8: that we've all spoken of as far as these homes that are in our communities that
5: end up being part of their demise. You know, you have these one house and you have two houses, you have three houses that are unattended to, for whatever reasons. Um, but certainly having a smart policy can still do both to make sure that we get the home back into um, responsible people who wanna be homeowners, who are, that's not um, absentee landlords who are gonna continue to have blight to our communities. But it's smart legislation to protect the interests of the residents as well as the community. So I'm hopeful that We don't rush to do this process. That's nothing, doesn't come to us at the last minute to say we're gonna do this without having good, sound input from the community to make sure that legislation is smart and
3: it makes sense. Thank you, Mr. Chair. And uh, just so the public knows as well, if there's no policy, this council must vote on all the transfer of those sales, which once the city property, we must vote. So this council could sit on those, sales for a long time. So there has to be, so you have a vote on this. Normally you wouldn't, but since it's transferred into city control, you'll be asked to vote on those properties as a whole, or you know, in, in part. And if we feel the presidents are not gonna get the funds, we don't have to vote for those salary. That's an interesting
9: concept here. Uh, Mr. Parolevo. Yeah, thank you. Um, I, so I was at two of the meetings that took place with the West New York Law Center and the Corporation Council. I think, as it was it was portrayed to council member Rivera and myself from Corporation Council, that one of the general every year. easier process.
10: cases to referees, referees all charge fees, sometimes they can get significant, you technically can challenge any fee over $500, that doesn't generally happen, but sometimes the fees are very significant. Uh, The comptroller charges a fee, when they cut you a check at the end of the process, they're taking a fee, uh, that also doesn't include potential attorney fees uh, for people who may not use the Part of the goal here is to simplify the process, protect the citizens' rights. I think the law department in the city wants to continue to work with the Western Europe Law Center and down some of these concerns and come up with a policy. So we can still implement this for interim 53. Um, I think that's that's still the goal, to continue to work together and try to figure out exactly what we need to do to continue this moving forward. But really the overall goal is to simplify the process because right now, I handle some of the city's surplus monies claims. I, I would find it extremely difficult for an individual citizen to do without an employer. Well, that's interesting. Uh, how are you going to protect the subordination prospect? I mean, as far as the whole theory of subordination, how are you going to protect it? I think that's something that's still ongoing and something we're still debating on how we're going to address that. Is, um, it, is it addressable in this process? I mean, are you going to come to a solution that will give banks faith in the city's process so they don't redline the city? I can't speak to that currently. um, I think our goal is to have an equitable process overall. Will it be able to be codified instead of a policy? That's another consideration and something I think.
5: It just seems like so many times we miss out on the analysis of what, why we're doing what we're doing. It just seems so oh, okay. We need to do this, but show me the, the, the documentation, information, the analysis. Why? Why is this important? You know, and hearing from uh, the resident, you know, there's a, it shows the reason why that we should have something together that really speaks to keeping those funds with those residents because now she's able to help her daughter go to college or whatever she wants to do in her future. It's not something that comes to the city that we may use on something else, but it's something that does not even help that family. So I'm really hopeful that we can maybe put this on the, on hold because as the Western Europe Law Center said, it seems as though it's something that we need to really think through and really have a, a, a master plan, not just a you know a shoebox plan. It really needs to be a master plan that's well thought of because I think, you know again, we may have well intentions, but you know, well intentions don't always result in positive outcomes. And so again, I'm, I'm hopeful that, you know, we'll come to a meeting of the minds um, to re- really recognize the benefits
8: of having this process streamlined to help residents, not to harm them. Um, and also, if, if those those situations are available in which ones
5: can come back to the city for us to help with development and community, it makes sense. But let's think it through, let's have people tear up our thought and look at a process that again is thoughtful and made and making certain that our end result occurs and not something that's just done by happenstance thank you um mr
3: shell commissioner i'm gonna ask you for an answer at this point I, I don't think it's fair to ask your question about the numbers but if you could get us the information for the last two in rams as to what the city and transferred over to the county
11: Um, we can see.
1: Um
12: the attempt to, and I say this, you know, really different to the Western year Law Center, because PPG does not work directly with uh, people facing foreclosure. Um, but, you know, if, uh, speaking generally, we Uh, and this is a real concern because we haven't seen that done anywhere else in the state and according to the Western Law Center It's likely to be struck down by a court. And if this happens, we'd essentially be gambling uh, All of those resident surplus funds So at that point the city may no longer be able to give out any surplus funds and then everyone who would otherwise be able to access them is out of luck um, So we feel as an organization that we can't gamble um, resident surplus funds like that. We really need to have this process Uh, really ironed out before before we're putting any faith in it. Um, Secondly, something that hasn't come up so far is the timeline for a person to access these surplus funds. So from my understanding, I think someone mentioned this before, the money currently goes to the county for three years where someone can access it. It then moves on to the state where someone uh, seemingly could access that money indefinitely. So there's seemingly no time limit on that. Um, What we've heard from corporation council has been a variety of differences. So they said two years, they've said three years, they said six years. There's, we haven't heard any of the considerations that are going into these timelines, but all of these suggestions say to me that they want to limit the period of time that someone can go and claim these funds. And currently, someone has the right to go at any time and get that money from the county or the state, even though, you know, it sounds like it, it is a complicated process. Um, so from my perspective, I'd really like to see residents' rights, um, know, if this process is going to move to the city next year, that the residents' rights are are maintained in full, and that they can definitely get those funds um, and not be limited to two or three years. Um, and then I think the last issue that uh, has been raised by the representative um, who's speaking for Timothy Fall is that you know notices don't go out right now to people. A lot of people don't know that they are uh, able to get this surplus, <clears throat> and you know that is something that the city could fix with this by issuing notices to people. So we'd love to see that happen. But I think Councilman Rivera really spoke to an important issue here, which is that kind of conflict of interest, where you know, it, I, I understand that the that we want to um, you know, really uh, we want to think that we're going to do the right thing, and, and I hope that the city will, but I think at the same time when it's a matter of those funds being transferred to the city, there there is a huge conflict of interest. So we'd really like to see something in writing about notices being sent out to people the surplus. So just to wrap up, um, yeah, to appreciate kind of some of the, the, the values behind um, this move to change things, but we wouldn't want to see this change this year, it's just too soon. All of these things we brought up, it seems like there aren't really answers at this point, um, and the auction is coming up in just a few months, so we'd like to see it next year. That's a good summation. Are there meetings scheduled between everybody here? Are, are we meeting, or how, how we handle this internally as
4: far as the change in the process, right, getting together Meetings with the Western New York Law Center and uh, relevant stakeholders are being facilitated by Corporation Counsel and the Law Department. Uh, those conversations are ongoing, and Corporation Counsel Ball is more than—he uh, he is looking forward to continuing those conversations, taking into consideration uh, all of the concerns that were brought up today. Uh, I also just want to address the fact that right now, under the current structure. Uh, LLCs and corporations are able to act anonymously uh, and not care for their properties uh, that that they manage from afar, outside of the community. And I did hear that there would be a conflict of interest uh, for the city uh, in the event that we would take control of these funds, it is always in the city's best interest to make sure that their residents live with liberty and their best possible lives So that is the goal, 100% behind this policy. What we want to do, and what Corporation Council wants to do with the law department's intent, is to continue the conversations with the Western New York Law Center, with the council members, uh, to make sure that whatever process and procedures are put in place, put the interest of city residents, not LLCs, not out of town landowners who buy up properties, and don't care for them, but city residents who live here and make this community what it is, put their interests
3: first. We know you're trying to get somewhere. We just don't know how you're going to get there yet. So that's the that's the concern that we have as council members. And well, before you get there, want to make sure that there's certain parameters in place. I think that's where we're at today. And I want to thank everybody for coming down today, too, that works on behalf of residents here. You do a fine job. Many people are saved. Uh, their finances are saved by you appreciate all you do to help the public. And you do have the year of the council members. This isn't something that we're just saying, oh, okay." we actually are concerned about this as well. It's a concern that you brought to us and we're working on for you. Director. Uh, uh,
1: Keisha Williams, again, with the Western New York Law Center. Um, in wrapping up, I just wanted to thank uh, uh, the committee for allowing us the opportunity, thank um, the homeowner, our client, uh, Melinda, for taking the time to uh, lend her voice the very important discussion. Um, there's one thing that hasn't been raised, and I, I think that we'd be remiss if we forget to mention the historical um, importance of race in this conversation. Uh, race and poverty, they sort of intersect in the city. Uh, I think in 2009, 57% of the houses that were being sold were, were, were being auctioned or in, located in three Zip codes, and those zip codes were majority um, black and brown communities, and so this 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 proposed uh, policy will obviously. taken and I think that you know the city is right uh, but I this is not the way to accomplish their objective of people not being notified of surplus funds it seems like a proponent way to try and get something done when the simple solution to me is to provide notice why not just give notice Um, so um,
3: that. points uh, this council and the line on the lines that go out to the residents that they could do this but that's before there's no notice that goes out after that people are entitled to the funds that were sold as a result of selling your property there's no notice then at that the back side of that um council member chairman as uh, corporation council mentioned uh, the conversations are continuing and we'd like um uh, to be involved early on sooner the better, and I'd like to have corporation Council and
8: the law center uh, set times uh, for meetings to be held going forward so that, that way we can have some confidence that things are happening. Yeah. So let's hope that we can nail down um, meeting dates and times for the, our next meeting. I think that's very important uh, because we don't want to rush at the last hour to approve
7: something. Been guilty of that in the past, and I don't want to wait for the last minute to do this without being able to notify the public uh, with enough time. Uh, so, especially those that are going to be impacted by this. So, um, I suggest that
3: uh, we meet as soon as possible.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of Buffalo Politics Uncensored. As I stated at the beginning of this show, this is a an extremely important topic for city residents. And so I will be following this uh, super closely and bringing you information as quickly as I can on the topic. As of this recording, I have no new information. But if you have new information that I am not aware of, please feel free to post it on this podcast's Facebook page. You'll find it if you just search Buffalo Politics Uncensored and feel free to leave me a comment on this or any other uh, episode or issue you feel concerned about or have more information about. With that,
8: I'll see you soon.